Hello, and thank you for listening to the MicroBinFi podcast. Here, we will be discussing topics in microbial bioinformatics. We hope that we can give you some insights, tips, and tricks along the way. There is so much information we all know from working in the field, but nobody writes it down. There is no manual, and it's assumed you'll pick it up. We hope to fill in a few of these gaps. My co-hosts are Dr. Nabil Ali Khan and Dr. Andrew Page. I am Dr. Lee Katz. Both Andrew and Nabil work in the Quadrum Institute in Norwich, UK, where they work on microbes in food and the impact on human health. I work at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and am an adjunct member at the University of Georgia in the US. Hello. Welcome to a new thing we are doing called Software Deep Dives, where we interview the author of a bioinformatics software package. Today, we are having a chat about some of the software we have created ourselves because behind all of our software are quirky details that never make it to the final paper. Today, Andrew's in the hot seat with SNP sites. So first, uh, Andrew, what problem does the software solve? Well, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, you have some you have a FASTA file and you want to find out where all the SNPs are. As input, you take in a multi-FASTA alignment and often you might generate these, say, if you want to build a file in a tree or if you're maybe looking for recombination, that kind of thing. So you might have aligned some of your data against a reference, built consensus, or maybe you did a whole genome alignment or even just a gene alignment. And you want to know where are the differences, you know? Where, where is it same? Where is it different? and just give me the interesting bits and get rid of the rest. So that's what SNP sites does at its heart. It does one simple thing. You give it a load of data and it gives you out the SNPs. And it's not that complicated, but uh, it does it really well. You mentioned recombination, it, but I remember that some other software you have is called Gubbins and it, and it deals with recombination. Is there a relationship? Yeah, so originally uh, I wrote the software Gubbins and then kind of when we're halfway through, someone said, well, actually, this little SNP calling part is, is quite useful on its own right. So could you just take that and make it a separate, a separate application? So that's exactly what I did. I spun it out of Gubbins, copied and pasted some C code and made a brand new application. And it's done quite well. So that was Simon Harris who asked for that. And I think we started work back in 2013. So, you know, a very, very long time ago in, in the bioinformatics world. Even for me, it's been very useful over the years. It's something I use maybe once or twice a month, um, simply because it does exactly what it says in the tin and you get data quickly without any fuss. It's not trying to do every possible different thing. It's not a complex uh, bioinformatics pipeline. It's literally just, it's just give me some snips from my file. Sounds like a very um, simple procedure. Why, why would we use SNP sites? What are the unique selling points for this particular implementation? Well, to be honest, when this came about, everything else that was out there would say load a file into memory and then put out a variance from there. But this is really memory inefficient. And particularly when you start getting very large files, if you have like tens of thousands of genomes you're trying to compare, it just becomes too big for one laptop or, or one desktop to actually hold it in memory. And it takes forever as well because you you got to read this stuff in maybe in totally inefficient Python or C or, or Python or, or Perl. So what this does is it's super memory efficient. The file is read twice. 
Okay, so not ideal, you can't stream data in, but it means that the memory overhead is getting very, very, very low. You can have thousands of samples and only use, you know, tens of megabytes of, of uh, memory, which means that, you know, if you, you're not using much memory, everything is much faster because moving data around is much easier. It's written in C as well, like proper handcrafted old school C where I've got to manually manage the memory and all of that, which is quite different from when you write in Perl or Python because C, it, C is really good, but it's probably not the easiest to learn or to write in. I noticed that you were um, bashing Perl again. Uh, what's up with that? I love <laughs> Perl, but you know, it has a time and a place. And if you're trying to compare two different things, C is probably the best possible language to write things in because you're getting way down into the internals of the machine and you can just go and make super, super efficient code. You don't have to go through multiple different layers of libraries and that kind of thing. So that's why I like it. However, a guy who sat beside me, Ben Taylor, said, oh yeah, sure, I can do that in a few hours with Cyton. And I was like, what the hell is Cyton? And it's like, you can compile Python down to C and it runs it super fast. And so off he goes, he did Pi snip sites. And in a few hours, he made a very, very, very fast Python or Cyton implementation that, you know, could have saved me weeks or months of time had I just done that in the first place. But, you know, there were, there was a few quirks or whatever that made it less good. But it just proves that maybe you should have a look around first and see if there are other ways you can do it. Because man hours is also important um, as well as efficiency. So fair play to him. But one of the things I'm proud of is that... Um, even though it is C, it does have tests and it's also packaged up very well. So use automate, autoconf, that kind of thing. So you can just do like a standard way of compiling. You type in like auto reconf and then configure and make, you know, all of these standard things you can make install. And by doing that, it is a little bit of extra effort, but it does mean that your code is very, very uh, platform independent. And you can run it on any Linux or Unix type system without any hassle, really, to be honest. From there, because we've done all of this uh, work up front to package it up, we're able to then put into Debian Med, which is, I suppose, you know, you're doing your apt get, that kind of thing, on Ubuntu or in Debian. And once it's in there, you know, it's in there forever, more or less, because they'll continue to maintain it, which is fantastic, because it just means that there's a huge number of distros out there where you can just type apt-get snip sites and it just goes and installs and you don't have to worry about anything. It's just magically there. But also, you know, it's, it's in Homebrew and Conda and Docker and, and all of this kind of jazz. So it's trivial to install. I'd say if you haven't done it already, check it out and install it. Yeah, so actually I just checked it out and installed it just before this chat. And I should say it was one of the easiest things I've ever run and the most informative and... I have something similar that I wrote into LiveSet for um, distilling SNPs from a multiple sequence alignment. And I wish I just saw this and I could have saved on my own man hours. So it, it was incredible. Well done. Thank you very much. Actually, for me, yeah, I, I think uh, one of the most useful things in there is that it can read in gzip files. So you can, you can have your gzipped uh, or compressed fast file, multi-fast alignment, and then it just reads it in and then pops out a result. I hate when programs don't take in zipped files. Yeah, I should point out that it's really important to take the effort to 
having software that can be compiled natively because in principle that should be ensuring that you're getting the fastest performance possible and with something like this something you're doing routinely those that that time does does add up in the long run so yeah it's really really great you took the time to do that thank you so one thing i use a lot for is just creating vcf files so you know you pop in your multifast alignment and then out comes a vcf file and it'll specify where all of the coordinates of where all the snips are and then gives you a a matrix telling you which are the variants and which are not and which is really really useful and i use that all the time um, for for looking at data sets but also you can output in like file up format which is this really old obscure format i think it raxml was the only one ever noticed uh, actually still used it but uh you know that's a step that a lot of people take it is to build trees and you won't get the best trees in the world if you run SIP sites, but it is a quicker way of doing things because if you give like a, a one gig file to XML or to other tree building programs, they often can kind of just fall over or take forever. Whereas if you just shrink it down to just the SNP sites to the variants, pop it in, it'll leave your result really quick. Now it'll be missing some information, but the branch lengths won't be as good, but at least you'll get a, a quick idea of how things cluster. So it's, it's good for that. All right, so since we asked in the introduction, uh, do you have any behind the scenes quirks or or any insider stories about SNP sites? Well, I thought, okay, let's have a test and see can you publish something, right? Not even not even being totally serious, you know, I thought, oh yeah, we'll, we'll see, can we turn this into publication and will someone actually accept it? <laughs> Turns out, yes is the answer. <laughs> and uh, we got it accepted in MGen and it's actually the highest cited paper in MGen. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit crazy <laughs> for something that we didn't even think uh, would be publishable. But actually, you know, you know when, when you get into the nitty gritty, okay, we did performance comparisons and whatnot, and we wrote it up properly, but it just proves that um, you can pretty much publish anything. Well, not just anything. It's, it's good software. I wouldn't knock it, but, but this is really cool. But anyway, the things I'm really, uh, that I spent the most time on were keep the memory usage absolutely to the minimum and keeping the speed fast. And I spent a lot of time, you know, tracking down memory leaks with Van, uh, Valgrind and things like that. You know, it's it's hard work with C. My God, Python is so much easier. But, you know, it's a trade-off. It's been integrated into quite a few pipelines as well. Um, I, I know it's a standard part of many, many, many pipelines from reading who's referenced it. Because it's, you know, it's a simple building block. It works. It's easy to install. Yeah, it's a very uh, Unix way of thinking at it, the same way we pipe from one program to the other. Orc said, snip sites, that sort of thing. Absolutely, yeah. And I think if we had more software like that, that would be great because you could just stitch together a pipeline to suit your needs in minutes, just piping one thing to the other. Absolutely, but I suppose some people get caught up with having the old singing, old dancing program. And I suppose... Yeah, I can see how it happens. You know, your your boss comes in and says, oh, could you just do this one little thing? Or a user says, oh, yeah, well, I'd like this, you know, obscure format, and I really want it to be in this color, and I want to be able to resize in this way. And it's like, well, you know, two months later, your code base has tripled, and yeah. Feature, feature creep is a very insidious problem, uh, and we often learn the hard way that, yeah, feature creep is something we need to actively combat against. It can be hard to say no sometimes, though. So can it can yeah 
Anyway, um, I don't think I, I will add any more to Simpsites. Yeah, I think it's as good as it is and as good as it's going to get. Maybe, you know, people want to add more output formats. That's probably the only thing I could see or bug fixes, whatever. But uh, Torsten, who we all know very well, went and created Snip Dists, which takes basically the output of what comes out of uh, Snip Sites. And then it'll do a pairwise comparison and give you a beautiful distance matrix, which you can then use for seeing which samples are in common or which samples have SNPs in common, which ones have, which ones are different. And that's quite a nice little way for uh, interrogating your data set very quickly. You, I suppose you could build trees out of that, couldn't you? Yeah, you could bang it straight into a neighbor joining for that. It's quite good. And Torsten's uh, software as well is uh, nice and simple and it just works. Well, thanks for a great discussion. This was a quick chat about some of the software we've created ourselves. There's always some interesting facts about how these different tools came into being. Today, we're talking about SNP sites, which is for fetching out SNPs from a multi-fasta alignment. You can check it out on GitHub, and that will be in the show notes. And that's all the time we have for this episode. See you next time. Thank you all so much for listening to us at home. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe and like us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the platform of your choice. And if you don't like this podcast, please don't do anything. This podcast was recorded by the Microbial Bioinformatics Group and edited by Nick Waters. The opinions expressed here are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of CDC or the Quadrum Institute.